0: Hello and welcome to the Edgar Podcast. I'm Rob Chilton, editor of Edgar Magazine. And I'm Nathan Irvine, the senior digital editor of Edgar Daily. Coming up on today's show, we scale new heights with Edgar cover star Alex Honnold, sprint down the touchline for a chat with Joe Cole, and crown the best roast dinner in Dubai.
1: So Rob, tell us about the cover star that's on the latest issue, Alex Honnold. Yeah, he's not a name that uh, you may know, but in the climbing world
0: he is a superstar. He is a He's a free climber, he's an American guy, and he recently became the first ever person to scale El Capitan in Yosemite Park in yes. California without any safety ropes okay for context how tall is el capitan 914 meters oh so let me throw some context back at you the eiffel tower is 300 meters tall (gasps) the burj khalifa is 828 meters tall so this el capitan Alex Honnold calls it the Super Bowl of Climbing It's it's taller than the Burj Khalifa And he climbed it from the ground to the peak Without any safety ropes Just let that sink in for a moment No ropes And my hands are
1: already feeling clammy (laughs) Just thinking about it
0: But it's a a fascinating uh, story He's a fascinating guy Uh, The New York Times called it The most amazing athletic feat of any kind ever uh, and his his story has been documented in a film uh, called Free Solo which you may have heard about at the Oscars it won best documentary feature it's showing on the National Geographic channel right now and it's also at Cinema Akil next week oh. uh, in Al sakal Avenue so you can go and check it out fascinating
1: story a gripping story there's a there's one interesting fact that I found out about Alex Honnold when I right. was doing a little bit of research earlier so there's a confectionery bar called Cliff they're very tasty. They are very tasty, <laughs> and they they sort of represent people that do rock climbing, they do bouldering, they do like big hikes and things like that. Mm. But they actually cancelled the sponsorship with Alex Honnold mm. because his pursuits were far too risky for what they wanted <laughs> their brand to represent.
0: Really? Yeah. Well, the North Face obviously do not share that view because the, he's a he's a North Face ambassador and athlete, so he's wearing uh, all that kit in the in the film, but. I think that there's some uh, really nice quotes from the, the director of the documentary Free Solo, a guy called Jimmy Chim, and he's also a climber as well as a filmmaker, and he is helpful because he puts this free climbing uh, feat into context. and He says basically, free climbing is the most uh, the most dangerous form of climbing, but also the most pure. If you if you don't perform perfectly, you die. So it's pretty pretty clear. <laughs> Alex Honnold you know, agrees with him and says. It requires a certain kind of mindset which i thought was a pretty fantastic piece of understatement and he says if you don't do it perfectly that means death so th- and that's what i just couldn't understand i kept thinking surely there must be some element of a safety net or a, yeah. or a or a rope somewhere or some kind of you know maybe he'll just fall 100 meters he won't surely he won't climb a mountain 914 meters tall yeah. with no safety ropes but that is the essence of free climbing wow yeah brave guy
1: <laughs> very brave, very, very brave. And at
0: the end of it, he, he completes this epic feat. He's done it many times with ropes, so he thought to himself, if I can do it with ropes, surely I can do it without ropes. He did it in three hours and 56 minutes, and he was asked at the end, were you scared? And he said, no, it felt as natural and as comfortable as a walk in the park. Amazing. Hats off, Alex Honold. He is Edgar's cover star this month.
1: I think he's probably... It's just the way the game's gone. I think there's a lot of money in the game, which, which presents a lot, itself with a lot of people want to win, it's more important to winning So the prizes are bigger, you know, uh, for a lot of people. And so it's parents, you know, uh, coming into the game. It's very exciting for them. So they, you know, it's easy for them to get excited. And, and eager, it's very difficult to make it as so, a footballer. So I mean, it's up to us as coaches to get the balance right and make sure the players are having fun. For me, that's the most important thing. That voice there was Joe Cole, who's the Premier League winner with Chelsea, or former Premier League winner with uh, with Chelsea, formerly of Liverpool,
0: mm-hmm.
1: formerly of West Ham, mm. formerly of Aston Villa. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> formerly of uh, Tampa Bay Rowdies, England and England. Yes, it's always a goal in the World Cup. Yeah, that is very true. That cracking goal against uh, Sweden. Yeah, but he was in town recently. He was in Dubai to talk about. Football with one of his old colleagues, Bobby Zamora. Okay. So Bobby and Joel were here to do their football escapes, which is a coaching course for kids at Jamira Beach Hotel, and it's it ranges from ages up uh, from five until fifteen, and they're taught by UEFA qualified coaches, which is mainly the big difference. On the pitches that are just out the back of Jamira Beach Hotel, which I never knew they had. I didn't know they were there. No. Uh, But that was Joe. Joe was talking about the sort of new pressures that apply to footballers that are growing up these days. Yeah. So I wanted to know from him and Bobby about how things had changed in terms of like coaching strategies and and the pressures. And one of the things that Bobby Zamora said as well was that there's no hiding anymore. Mm. So... Anything that happens in the changing rooms or the or the training ground or, or, or on the pitch, it's all captured via social media. So mm. back in the day when they were growing up and when they were footballers, none of that existed. Yeah, so right. there was less pressure on them to sort of behave in a... Different type of way when they were when they were off camera, so to speak.
0: I'm sure they made a lot of mistakes that we that we we never saw. They
1: probably you know did silly things and uh, they got away with it, but that doesn't happen anymore. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it was it was just interesting to sort of hear from them because then Joel sort of segued into the fact that this does affect mental health in in players as well. And mm. he was talking about how young players now they have psychologists at the <laughs> training camps, and they. They sit with them and they talk through all of these pressures, and they, they work with them mentally as well as physically and I think they 're seeing a big difference in in the youth that are coming through today yeah sports psychology it,
0: it's, it's definitely a, it's come along you know, after nutrition you know that was, yes. that was a big thing and then psychology has, has come along, so I wonder what will be next but you have to remember you know, imagine if you're a 19 year old kid and suddenly you walk out in front of 65,000 people or even just that I always think must be terrifying like forget about your role on the pitch and what you've been told to do by your coach and your fitness and this and that just walking out in front of that
1: kind of arena that noise that number of people that must be a
0: really tough mental test yeah
1: absolutely terrifying and that's why they're sort of bringing these people in these psychologists that can help them get to that stage in their in their mind for when the big time does roll around, yeah. and they was also saying that the coaching has changed so much that back when they was coming through the youth system, they would just go out on the training ground and then just kick a ball about. Yeah, and Bobby quite self deprecating because he was saying that he didn't really care, you know, he 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 didn't listen to the coaches. He was just out there just just playing football. That's what he wanted to do. Mm. But now you go out onto the training ground and they've got they've got iPads with strategies and each player knows what they have to do because it's it's, it's written down mm. so they go out there and they work meticulously to this plan that's on ipads and has been worked out for for months and years so there's no room for error anymore
0: i feel like it's catching up with american sport because american sport has long had these really uh technical sort of data that that goes yeah. with it and you know those american football players for example they've got to memorize 78 plays in their playbooks and i think i feel like English football is is catching up with that now. I think if yeah. you look at old clips from the seventies and eighties and you you hear the coaches yelling on the on the on the training ground, you know, yeah. run faster. It's yeah. just, it's
1: very basic stuff. Whereas now, as you say, it's it's a lot of data coming through. Yeah, the the hoof and run tactics have uh, <laughs> yeah. basically changed a lot, which is what you're seeing in the current England squad as well. Yeah. Like they've come through with these new tactics and strategies in place and it's paying dividends for them.
0: And Gareth Southgate is hot on psychology. He hired that uh, that very uh, renowned sports psychologist to yeah. work on the on the World Cup team there and you know that paid off as we saw get to the semi final. So it's uh, a yeah. It's a Big issue these days,
1: it really. Is, is. Joe, is Joe looking well? Is he all right? Is Joe's looking fit and healthy. Joe's looking fit and healthy, so is Bobby. Bobby looks like he's been hitting the weights, all right. <laughs> so, so yeah, he's he's beefed out just like uh, real Ferdinand has post yeah, yeah. retirement. But Joe still looks like he could do a job today. Really? I mean, he's 30, is he 37 38? But he's, yeah, oh, okay. I, I think he could, I think he could still do a job. But I, I had one question that I wanted to ask him just of a, of a, a personal variety as a Manchester United fan. He was always linked when, yeah. he was, when he was younger. So I just asked him, I just said, look, how close was you to signing for Manchester United? It happened two or three times during my career. It, yeah. was, it was close. It just never quite happened. Um, you know, we don't know the journeys we would have taken. Would it have worked, would it not have
0: worked? We don't know. But um, yeah, it was, a, it was
1: a close one at times. So there we go. He was almost a red.
0: What might have happened to, to, to both him and United yeah. and Ferguson and maybe the England team that could have had big ramifications yeah it would have been a different outlook
1: rob i couldn't help but notice there is a big 90s revival in terms of fashion coming out right now there is is. You're absolutely right the 90s are
0: a hot trend in menswear right now it's more to do with the, the luxury street and sports style as yeah. opposed to you know suits and jeans and shirts so yeah. it's it's that kind of slightly festival look i guess you call it okay or like maybe a bit of the rave culture that's coming back from the 90s so we're looking at you know the oasis days that yeah. kind of thing spice girls were in the charts yeah. titanic was at the cinema bill clinton was in the white house yeah there was no social media <laughs> yeah. what, a, what a time that was <laughs> but there's brands like philip Plain, tommy hilfiger we've got xenia valentino and then sneakers like reebok yeah. puma and new balance they're all going back to the archives of the 1990s yeah. refreshing it a little bit just adding a bit more technical uh sort of knowledge and material to their products and yeah. releasing them again and it's
1: it's proving a big hit like i grew up in the 90s and i can't remember any fashion item that i had that I would want to bring to the, <laughs> to the current day. It was all like neon or or tie-dye. Neon is a big trend, also. Ah. That's a big
0: thing for that's coming back into menswear for this spring summer. Well, I, I remember I had an Less tracksuit. Yep. So I had that, and I can picture that like being on a catwalk now. Right. Obviously, it, it, it was you know a load of old trash then, <laughs> but but that's the sort of thing, that kind of slightly shiny, you know, sort of. Polyester nylon type tracksuit that is the sort of thing that is coming back now in a big way by these luxurious brands You know that now they're charging 500 pounds for it. It's in- insane. Yeah, but no, it's a nice trend There's some bits and pieces that you're not gonna like but there are I think the sneakers are pretty great Reebok as Trek for example they yeah. they've come back They're five 500 dirhams. Yeah. So it's a it's a fun trend to look out for Let's talk about food. Why not? I'm hungry <laughs> roast dinners Yes. I feel like it's a topic that really generates a lot of quite passionate debate among Dubai folk because they all have their favourite roast dinner, they all have the ones that they think are overrated, they have their favourite places, and blah, blah, blah. So let's talk about roast dinners in Dubai. So, over the years, I've done many roast dinners in Dubai, as I'm sure you have as well. Absolutely, Nathan. yeah. And I believe I found the best one. <gasps> That's a big claim. It's a big claim, but I'm confident that this is the best roast dinner I've ever had in Dubai. Wow. And you had that recently? Yeah, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, the uh, the roast potatoes were, were were fluffy inside, but crispy on the outside, which is important. Yes. The cauliflower cheese had a really good, mature, like tangy cheese with it that I liked. Yeah. The gravy came in these lovely old jugs like that your grandmother would have, like yeah. uh, in the shape of a chicken or like a, like a, a flowery design on it. It was really nice okay. like that. It's beef, lamb or chicken. You yeah. can have one, two or three meats. Ooh. 120 dirhams, 140 170. Very my reasonable. Mate, my mate, mate chose all three. and he's He struggled, so yeah. I, I went for two. I, I, <laughs> I played it cool. Uh, great horseradish, great red cabbage. It was a top class roast dinner. And it was at Marina Social. Oh. A round of applause. Yes. <laughs> really, really fantastic roast dinner. Well cooked Not too heavy, not too rich, not too salty, but authentically British enough to make me feel a little bit homesick, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, just, you know, nothing like greasy or oily or fatty. It was really excellently cooked, proper roast dinner.
1: Is this their new... They, is it a new thing or is it No,
0: it's it's been on the menu for quite a while Because it comes from Jason Atherton, who's a British chef, so obviously it's important for him that he wanted to have a roast dinner on his yeah. menu. And there were a lot of Brits, I, I saw quite a few familiar faces in there, a few okay. of my mates in there, so that's clearly where all the Brits go for,
1: for their roast dinner and rightly so it's it's excellent. See when it comes to roast dinners and, and Brits I always think there's two places. Okay. And they are two of my favourites as well. Right. The Reform. hey, uh-huh. okay, yeah. Which has a like it's a mountain of food. there. Yep. Some say maybe too much food. Yeah, not me. I, <laughs> I'm greedy, but I think that's that's a that's a really good one. They don't always get it spot on with the Yorkshire puddings, which is one of the downsides. I forgot to mention the
0: Yorkshire puddings at Marina Social are obviously brilliant and fluffy, and that's good. Yeah, I've had the Reform one, and you're right. It is a it's an overwhelming plate of food, isn't it? It's a bit it's yep. a bit messy. It is a bit, yeah. And I remember the meat not being like the like the best sort of thick
1: quality. It was a bit, yeah. it was a bit skinny. I it was, the yeah. The the proportions of of meat to <laughs> to everything else was a little on the weak side. But I I like the I like the reform, and I also like uh, the scene. Oh, so I okay, remember. yeah. I've had that one. Yeah, it's. I think <laughs> it's just like a. It's just straightforward, mm. very no nonsense. Mm-hmm. Everything that you'd expect from a roast dinner, so I can't really complain about that one. So yeah. th- those, are, those are like my two favourites, but now you've got me interested in this, in this new place. If you've never
0: tried it, trust me, you must go, because I believe Marina Social is definitely a step up on the scene and reform, which are good, yeah. but Marina Social is Premier League. There we go. Thank you very much for listening to the Edgar podcast. Pick up a copy of The April Issue featuring Alex Honold in good bookstores now. And don't forget to visit
1: edgardaily.com.